And hello, movie lovers. So tonight we're actually going to be doing our Wakanda Forever spoiler discussion. So if you guys haven't seen Black Panther Wakanda Forever, then what are you doing watching or listening to this episode? Go on ahead, follow back later on and listen to this episode where you guys get your podcast from. I have Alex with me. I have Charlie with me. I also have some guests dropping in. I have Josh coming in probably and I also got Tamika coming in. So without further ado, let's go on ahead. Let's get on with the show. All right. How you doing, Alex? Oh, that I, I want to headbang so badly, but my brain doesn't handle that well. It's just like, what the heck are you doing, Alex? Like, don't why? Well, I've seen your TikTok video of you headbanging before. It just does not work. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> never works uh, out for me. But how's everyone doing tonight? Fine. <laughs> it's good. So, anyways, we're here to talk about Wakanda Forever. I think that this is probably the most saddest opening that we ever had in a Marvel movie where it opens up on a sad note and but also opens up in, in an action packed kind of way of Sherry trying to save her brother and stuff like that and about it's kind of like the audience is like trying to save Chadwick Boseman as well from what from his cancer in a sense and Sherry's trying to save him for us and it was just heartbreaking to be able to know that with even with all of the technology that she has, she couldn't save her brother. And she has a little bit of that, not uh, not shame, but just that guilt of not being able to save her brother. And that just broke my heart, knowing that she lost her brother and on trying to save him. And then you get into this Marvel logo. And the Marvel logo, to me, to me, I don't know for Alex, I don't know for Charlie, but when you had that moment of silence, that silence there felt like a moment of silence for warning over Chadwick for a few minutes. But I'm going to let everybody else go into their opening and tell me what they think about that, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that beginning was uh, hard, hard to watch. Uh, it just it just brought me back to when I first heard the news that Chadwick Boseman passed away. And I, I think I was just, just in, my, in, in this room. I was watching something and I just saw the, the news pop up on my phone and I just started crying and it was the same thing watching the beginning of this movie it was like i was just reliving that that hurt again and um and then the like i've, I've seen the 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 marvel studios credits with the nothing but chadwick boseman before and uh definitely with the with the silence it was it was next level, like definitely a moment of silence for him i thought that was a really beautiful touch and just the way the movie uses silence later on in the movie was equally as in, incredible, but we'll get into it. it was a very powerful opening. Very, it, it really set the tone for what the movie was going to feel throughout. Yeah, I agree. I liked, I like the opening was definitely intense and I liked how they tied it in. It like, it wasn't just, they killed him off for the sake of killing him off. Oh, he just died while on a mission. They actually brought it to the illness that like so they he died from an illness and Shuri couldn't save him. So it, it they did the they did the the best way to write off the character. They or, or write off Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. They did that in the best way. They could have done if it was any other director, they probably would have done. Yeah, he just died on a mission, like just died off screen, and the, he still died off screen in this one. But they I think they 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 tied it into real events, which actually like 
it made the intro the the uh the introduction like really intense yeah for sure because it felt like his presence was still there even though he his presence wasn't there but it just felt like you know they're paying their respects to chadwick and showing the passing of t'challa and showing what this kingdom is going through without their king and then you also get into the other part where you actually have the government trying to steal the vibranium from from them and the queen comes in there and like oh you think that we're coming in with our guard now we're not we're fully aware of what you're trying to do but the way you're trying to do it is wrong and you think because we lost our king we are weak we are not weak we're here to show you that we have dominance over you and i really like how she hits that on the head and she delivers that speech just at, and I like how it goes into that other scene where you actually have the army trying to break into their facilities to steal the vibranium. And knowing that she's over there and she's fully aware. I like how she's self-aware of the fact and she's not blind to it, that they're going to try and steal the vibranium while she's there because it actually shows, okay, well, she's over here. So there's no way that her guards or anybody else can go ahead and protect the vibranium. So therefore, we can go in there and char- and go take charge of this. No, she she gets her number one point guard to go ahead and guard the vibranium, which I thought was really fantastic. Oh, that 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 was a that was a cool scene. I was just like, when they just showed the mercenaries walking in that base, I'm like, uh oh, they're gonna die. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they're holding these scientists hostage, but not for long. Just any minute now, and then a Koye and. Uh, the rest of the warriors came out. That, that was a cool scene. Uh, but Angela Bassett, uh, in, in that UN scene, and then later on, just, just, just throwing her heart and soul into her performance. Like she truly felt like a queen. And I, uh, that 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 was such an epic moment when the, her guards come busting in with the uh, the French mercenaries. And I'm like, yes, yes, show them who's boss. We are not weak. Even without our king, ah, that was so great. I loved that part. Yeah, that was a cool scene. Again, like the like the the action that was a really cool scene, and then the fact that they can speak French and they did is just like huge drop the mic moments. Your friends like, oh yeah, these are your people, and everybody's like their eyes lit up. I'm like, yeah, like don't mess with Angela Bassett. She's right up there with the consequence, and that's Vila Davis. Like if. If, if they switch roles, mm-hmm. it, it would have been the same performance because if Angela Bessette was uh, Amanda Waller and Emilia Davis was the queen, like it'd be the same performance. Like just drop the mic, like not take shit from anybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially the government. And, and, I, and I like this too because this is this whole idea about the vibranium. This war is not over. This is, and that's why I liked how it sets up for future movies and all the future uh, movies coming up, like Thunderbolts, Armor Wars, all this, it's setting up these young Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to set up these next thing all about the vibranium and, and we'll get into that in a bit, but yeah, I just liked how it's like the, the, it sets, it sets the stuff up. So. Hey, Tamika. Hey, Hey, sorry. I'm late. Hello. Hey, no, it's okay. It's perfectly fine. Cool. We're just talking about the vibranium and about, uh, yeah. Okay. So I definitely agree with what you guys were saying though. Basically when Angela Bassett is actually on 
on the camera. She owns the screen. Then Charlie's dropped in with the fact that, you know, you have that whole entire setup for the vibranium, which is perfect for the way that they are actually going to go into it with the next movie, with uh, with the next stuff, with Armor Wars. And you also have Young Avengers. You have all this other stuff going on. So I definitely like how they opened, how they closed, uh, closed this chapter. And now they're going with another aspect of uh, of where they're going to be heading to for the Marvel for this universe. Mm-hmm. But uh, we also talked about the Chadwick Boseman um, about how quiet moment of silence for Chadwick Boseman and things like that too, and about how they did did everything with that. Mm-hmm. But for, from your perspective, what did you think of the opening? And of course, seeing. Uh, Angela Bassett be uh, the queen that she is and basically showing that she dominance over the whole entire government. Oh, yeah. Uh, the opening was like I, I saw previews of it, right? So I was preparing myself, but I don't feel like I was ready, you know. And then it was, especially when they did the um, Marvel scene where it's like all the scenes of Chadwick in the Marvel letters, and it was really quiet. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, what is happening to my soul? And But like I said, I felt that was really good to just pay tribute to him in the beginning so that you can move forward with the story. Um, Angela Bassett, she really drew me in because she's a great actress anyway. I guess for me overall, I personally did not think the actress that played Shuri could carry the role. Like for me, I was more drawn to like Angela and then Nimor and um, uh, Daenerys, whatever her last name is. I was more drawn to them because they had like these strong um, personalities. Like their acting was really strong. And then I felt compared to the actress who played Shuri, it didn't really compare to me. Like my eyes were more drawn to can you resurrect Angela Bassett so that I could feel again because this girl is not giving me what I want. And then I had problems with Riri too. But I I don't but anyway, that's all I'll say. Yeah, I I, I, I honestly uh, <laughs> really enjoyed By, Letitia, yeah. Letitia Wright's uh, character. Letitia Wright, uh, yeah. uh, I thought I for she had a lot thrown on her plate from mm-hmm. you know just going from side character to okay now you're the lead character you got to bring it. I I thought she did. I thought she did incredible. Uh, she probably the second best performance in the movie behind uh, Angela Bassett. I just in terms of showing just that grief cycle this through, through the whole movie like I thought it was beautifully performed. I thought she she I I thought she earned it. I really thought I I felt for her. I never I didn't think I would care for her as much as I did. I was like, oh, cuz usually with side characters they and now all of a sudden they're the leads. They still write them as side characters and they become more annoying, but with Letitia Wright with Shuri, they they did a great job of like really just showing just her maturing into this lead role, into being the hero that Wakanda needs them to be. I I thought I thought it was fantastic. One of the many things that brought me to tears. 
I, I cry easily, but uh, definitely her what? performance. You now that you brought that up, yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> I kinda don't think like since I've seen it a week later and it, like it digests and everything. I don't I found her annoying a lot of times. Like she was just like I get it. Like she had a lot on her plate, but I don't think she's hero material. To be honest, I think they, they it was just here put in the suit. We need to defend it, and then because she didn't do the ceremony at the end, because that 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 was like that was the I, they show. I don't know. I just I don't think she. I think they. I I, I was like I don't think she's ready for the main character yet. I that's just it. Just I I kind of agree with that. I mean I get it. She had a lot on her plate and stuff. I just I don't know. I just don't see that because I don't think like. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see that. I'm, in, I'm, I'm not. I'm interested. Maybe interested to see how this goes. I don't know. I just like come to think of it. I don't see. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think they need to bring Angela Bassett back because her track record with sequels. Like, if she's in a sequel, they're just gonna kill her character off. <laughs> and I've seen <laughs> quite a bit of sequels of Angela Bassett, and for her, it's not her fault. Like, London has fallen. Boom! Right off the bat, I'm like. <laughs> okay, just keep her away from sequels. Do original movies and just don't call it a, don't have it a sequel and then she can live. Like, <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I kind of agree with you on that to me. I just don't think Sherry was, I think she was kind of just like, here you go. And I think she didn't really officially earn it, I per se. Yeah, like I so, said, um, yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm I'm with Alex though on it though because I mean I teared up in that theater like I cried like a little baby because I felt like that pain and emotion that was there with her and I felt like that she earned that right to the throne but then it, here's the thing though some people don't follow the traditions of their parents and the way they want to do things so it's a new age and a new dawn of her. So therefore, what might be right for that one family may not be right for her. So therefore, she might not follow in with the traditions the way that her family does things. That doesn't mean that she's right or wrong. It's just that this is a new age. A new dawn has come to where now she has to take over this whole entire thing. And she had a lot going on. She lost her brother. Then Nemo comes in, kills her mother, kills her mother right in front of her. So everyone that's close by is dying in front of her to the point where it's like, I got to do something instead of nothing. And I feel like when she puts on that Black Panther outfit and then, of course, when she sees Killmonger, which I was I, I'm happy to see Michael B. Jordan back as Killmonger, because I, I you know what? I started thinking I'm like, this villain actually makes sense. As You know what I mean? Like you you hear the villains talk and you're like, OK. I definitely agree with him because of the fact T'Challa was a nice person. He was really one of those people that, you know, tried to unite kingdoms and tried to do that. And Killmonger was basically the one who was just trying to take the right and try to take charge. And there is a time that you can be doing what T'Challa does, but there's a time that you have to take charge to strike down your enemies before anything too. So, it goes hand in hand on both sides. Neither one of us wrong. It's just that it's how you do things. And I think that Cherry did earn that right to me. Per, to me, she did. Um, but that's just my opinion, though. But 
you know, every single time I saw her cry, I was crying. Every single time when she went through the pain and the emotions of the fact that of that guilt of her of her father, uh, not her father, but of her brother dying and then her mother dying and knowing that she couldn't do anything about it because Namor was there just broke my heart even more because of the fact that she was defenseless to the point where it's like, who do I rely on now for advice? That's just mm. how I looked at it. Mm. Well, he did oh, have yeah. a choice. She decided to get taken. If she didn't get taken and then didn't have the whole Namor scene, Angela Bassett's character might still be alive. But then again, I, I, I'll get into that whole water sequence later on. But I don't know. She did have a choice. I mean, and it's like it's like with well, great power comes great responsibility, and well, she did have a choice, and she just chose wrong, unfortunately. Yeah, I I think she's sorry, Alice. I I think she is a a great actress. Like I think she's a good actress. You know, I just didn't mm-hmm. feel like her taking on the mantle drew me enough. You know, like a like a Chadwick or Angela, and Chadwick is. He's seasoned. He was seasoned, but he he wasn't around too long, you know, in the movies. I don't know when he first started his first film, but um, I know she's an up and coming. Civil War. That was his first official movie. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. oh okay, okay. I was thinking of T'Challa's first appearance. Sorry. Oh no, just chat with in general, like his first. Let movie. me look. Oh, okay, 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 my bad. Yeah, I know she's an up-and-coming actress, and she is but, getting seasoned. But for me, it just didn't draw me in to care about her as much as uh, the guy who played Nemore or Deny and everyone else. Go ahead, Alex. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I was just going to bring up the uh, Killmonger scene. I uh, that, that was one scene I especially loved because I felt like that made so much sense that Killmonger would be the one that she sees. Cause um, just going back to her whole grieving process, she's still just really angry. Like not just at the world, but you know, at herself, she feels like she failed her brother. Uh, she, she, she just failed her, her mom. So I thought it was so cool when she finally created the heart shaped herb and took in, saw Killmonger. I'm like, of course that that's who she sees. She needs, she her that's where her state of mind is you know she's feeling all this hate and anger and like it 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 made sense for me that she wanted to go out and attack uh think how how do they pronounce it in the movie they they kind of they kind of go back and forth namor pronounces it as namor which which i i liked but everyone else is just like eh, we'll call you namor because that's what they call you in the comics (laughs) but but either way i'm fine (laughs) with how you pronounce it but i'll I'll just call him the more but um yeah i thought that that was really cool uh and i i I felt like her not earning the mantle i think that was something she that was part of her character like she doesn't feel like she really earned it but she's still taking it up because that's her responsibility as the last in this Royal family, uh, which is why probably why she didn't fight to be queen of Wakanda at the end of the movie. She, she wants to forge her own path. And I, I I thought she was cool. I thought she was hella cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but I also okay, so, really oh, enjoyed. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, John. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go on ahead, Alex. Go on ahead. I'll, 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 I'll talk about something else. I, I was just gonna say, like, speaking of speaking of Namor, I thought he, I thought he was really cool. Like, I, I don't think he was as good as Killmonger. They had kind of like the same vibe, but I still thought he was a a nice a nice addition to the MCU. What do you guys think? Okay, that's where I was going to get at. So I'm glad that you uh, you put us in that position, too. Uh, So this is here's the thing. I love Namor. Namor, to me, was the most threatening villain that you can actually get, aside from Killmonger, within the Wakanda Black Panther um, movie itself. And I felt really threatened with Namor because of the fact that in his eyes, he's thinking that he's doing something right, even though it's something wrong. And they're both defending kingdoms, if you think about it. You have you have the Wakandans, who's trying to defend their vibranium. And then you also have, of course, Namor's people, who's trying to defend their vibranium. So therefore, they have a common enemy. So it makes sense for them to try and team up to go against the government. So I thought the plot motivation actually makes sense. Because you have a common enemy, but... Sherry and Angela and also to Angela Bassett's character, just because we have a common enemy does not mean that we have similarities either. Because the way you're going about it is, is that nobody loves you. You were given up at an age where your mother died. You lived underwater. Your people were also now. This is another thing, though, too, that I really I really liked was this was because it shows Namor's people also being enslaved, which is also a representation of the Wakandans and stuff like that in a sense with people of color being enslaved to a system to where they were up to how society was at one time. And then how Namor went on ahead and basically got rid of them, you know, and helped his people out. So I thought that you also have representation of that in the history and where he actually has similarities to where he said, Hey, look, I can relate to you because I was one of you. So I thought that was really good. I thought that he was a threat. I also thought even the people that are serving Namor was also a threat, especially whenever you have that trance part where basically you have people jumping overboard. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, this should, yeah, yeah, that was, it had a horror element into this film and I I really loved it. I really loved what they did there. So I'm going to open up the floor to you guys though about some of the other stuff too. Oh, the siren scene. Yeah, that was pretty good. I I like the mix that Marvel puts in with mythology. And we saw it with, um, oh, God, I can't believe it just escaped me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The um, Oh, gosh. Moon Knight. Thank you. Thanks, Tamika. Yeah, mm-hmm. we saw it with Moon Knight. <laughs> uh, the mythology <laughs> that they uh, weave in. And they also weave in a little bit of Mayan mythology too with Nemor or Namor. Oh, I'm just gonna do both. Um, so yeah, I I think that was pretty cool. I like Nemor, Namor's character. Um it, I just didn't feel like I connected with like some sometimes you have a villain where you're kind of on their side. Like I was looking like Somebody needs to take this guy down, but I do enjoy him in those shorts. That was my feeling. <laughs> a lot of emotions with him in those shorts. 
And I was like, someone need to take him down, but don't hurt him too bad. I felt I emotion in those shorts. Yes. I need to see him in those shorts some more. So don't don't hurt him too badly. And that's all I say because that's the that's the female perspective, I guess. I liked the. Like, but we were just talking about the jock itch earlier. <laughs> I like the first appearance of the crew because, like, of the uh, like, have his people about that that whole crane sequence. That was that was intense. Then, then it progressed, and I just got kind of tired of them, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really get the whole origin story of it. I just a lot of it didn't make sense, and and to me, and I like, and honestly, like the motivation just didn't really sell me. Like, yeah, we have we have vibranium too. Like. I don't know. I just didn't get that part. And then when everybody turned blue in the origin story, I thought I was watching Marvel's version of the Smurfs. Oh, and, again, and that one just kind of like yeah. took me out of it. And pretty much during the trailers, I practically called him Marvel's version of Aquaman. But now in retrospect, Aquaman would kick his ass and steal his lunch money. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I just, it just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. He, I, he, like, so what? You can fly. Like oh what oh all you got to do is just rip off the back of his heels and he can't fly anymore. I just I don't know. Like just and dehydrate him. <laughs> yeah, well yeah, Aquaman. Aquaman's <laughs> superior one because he's both on land and sea. He can live on both worlds. Like either way, I just didn't really like. Just didn't do anything for me. And it's, he was just a villain. It was there. He was like he's kind of a villain, kind of isn't. Then he kind of will be because he's gonna backstab him. It's also a lot of politics. It's like. Oh yeah, we we can, we're gonna use the Wakandans because they trust us. Then we're gonna go do our plan. I'm like, okay, like okay, like it's not that you don't really seem to be in control anymore. And it's just like I don't know. It just didn't really work for me. Like I, I like Killmonger. I think Killmonger was the uh, out of the last first these two. Killmonger is the better villain. Like in both of these uh, Black Panther movies. But I don't. I mean, I don't know what else Namor is going to do. Like, he might just be on the TV. I don't think we'll see him any more movies. I don't know. It's just to me, it just didn't work. I mean, I like again. I love the first part of it, the opening sequence where he first met them and the sirens. That was scary. And then, and then, 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 then the and then the rest of it happened. I'm like, oh, okay, they're just they're just there. And then again, I, and then I'll get into more of it once we go. Like, once we get past that, but I do want to mention that bridge sequence, that fight sequence on the bridge, mm-hmm. that was awesome. Yeah, that was that, that, that yeah. was awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, with uh, Okoye and Atuma. Yeah, yeah. that that yeah. whole fight when they're trying to get uh, Kiki, yeah. and that whole bridge sequence, that was awesome. That 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 was great. Vibranium versus vibranium. Yeah. Uh, I I I really I really enjoyed that scene. I I like uh, all. I like it wasn't really an Easter egg, but you know, I like that Atuma and Namora was in, in there as uh Namora's generals and uh Atuma is a villain to Namor in the comics. Uh so I I'm excited to see how that like transitions. I think at some point whenever they make a Namor movie or whatever, Atuma's gonna be the the main villain, you know jealous jealous general that wants to be king but uh yeah that that was a really cool fight scene uh i uh and and, uh since that fight scene the whole reason for that was uh riri williams aka ironheart i liked ironheart i i liked her character i thought she was cool 
I didn't think she needed to be in this movie. I thought, you know, in terms of like the grand scheme of the plot, mm-hmm. they didn't really need her. Mm-hmm. I was just saying, I understand they. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, you, Alex. I'm w- I'm with you on that because of the fact that I felt I I get the reason why she's there as far as set up for Young Avengers and things like that. But is it the fact that we do we actually need her there, or is she just there just to be there? And she was just there just to be there as a way of saying, "Hey, look, Tony Stark. She she's basically um I'm basically someone that was mentored through uh, Tony Stark, who found inspiration through Tony Stark, who made her own technology." Well, you just basically push Sherry to the side, who does technology for this other new character, so that way you can set up for something else. That's how I felt with it, even though that it was cool to see the armor, it was cool to see all that, but do we actually really need her? That's the main thing. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I I felt, I kind of forgot about her for a minute, like she has been kind of pushed to the background. And just them bringing her in because of her, the machine that she made, it was like an afterthought to me. You know, like we, how can we connect her to this story? Oh, let's say she made this machine and the professors. I got lost with that plot line, to be honest with you. I was trying to figure that out. And then they were moving on to something else. And I was like, can you explain that professor and who stole this and what? you know, whatnot. And I kind of agree with Charlie, you know, me and Charlie don't always agree, (laughs) but I I am agreeing (laughs) with him tonight, which is strange, but I do agree with him. (laughs) I'm just kidding, Charlie. I do agree with him um, about Nemore Nemore. Um, Like I, I guess for me personally, I felt that if they would have stayed with, you know, like, like Chadwick or um, T'Challa open the world to the vibranium and then they, they're going to come after us underwater. Like if they focused in on that plot, I would have liked that. But they kind of touched on that and then they had another plot and another plot and another plot. And then I was like, well, can we just do like Talokans or whatever their name is versus the Wakandans? Like, can we just focus on that? Like, I can kind of see that developing into something. But then I had to go to Riri, and I had to figure her out. And then I had to figure out Shuri don't want to be queen. And then you got um, M'Baku, and then he wants to set himself up as the new king type. And then, you know, we got um, Okoye. She's not the general anymore. And then I kind of wanted to go back to that. But then you also got... um, I forgot her name with the kid, his kid. And I was like, well, it's a lot of plots going on. Here's a lot uh, of moving pieces. The Leon's character. Yeah, there's a lot name. of moving pieces going on. And I was like, can I just yeah. focus on like, but subplots? Yeah, I can I focus on like one or two. And that's why I kind of like Black Panther, the first one, a little bit better. Like maybe there were some more plots in it, but I it, it felt more focused to me. And I know that they had a lot going on with Chadwick dying and they had to just scrap everything and write a whole new script. Um, And then you got COVID and then you got politics going on and people getting injured and all this other stuff. But it just, it was a lot for me to digest is what I'm saying. 
And I just wanted it to be focused on like one or two plots or one subplot and a main plot. I agree. That that's the big gripe I've had with this movie. This movie was way too long. Like two hours and forty five minutes. This could have been at least twenty minutes shorter and then going on the points. There's so much stuff here or there and they didn't there was no closure on a lot of that stuff. Like there's like that. I mean, I love I think the one of the plot subplots that should definitely continue was bringing back uh, Martin Freeman and bringing his character Ross back because that was he was a pivotal character in the first Black Panther, and and this is and I like this part because it sets up the next few movies with especially the Thunderbolts because oh good knows he used to date the director Val Valentina mm-hmm. but my friends call me Val but you're not allowed to call me Val like seeing her back. This thing's like, oh, sh-. I was like, I had an oh, shit moment in the theater. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. This is what's setting up the uh, next big couple ones because she's going to be the big the big vocal point. But like I said, I just, like, again, this could have been 20 minutes short, but the pacing was just bad. I think for me personally, especially after the bridge sequence, everything just felt awkward at best. And I kept checking my watch because I kind of lost interest because there's this really bad pacing and there's stuff in it they were – I know I get what uh, Kugler was trying to do with this, but he crammed too many genres into this. Like we had a really serious dramatic moment. Okay, let's let's have some quick like uh, some comedic moments to kind of lighten it. I'm like, that doesn't work. I for me, there was a couple moments where the, the, he's trying to cram a lot of stuff in, and it didn't work. And it's just a really bad pacing for me personally. Yeah, the, 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 the pacing definitely had uh, some issues. I uh, honestly, I would have cut out the Agent Ross thing. Like, like mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't care about him. Mm-hmm. It was just like, hey, hey, we need at least one guy, one white guy in here. So uh, I'm like, yeah, you, you could have just thrown him out. Like, it, it, like his role wasn't that big for me. Yeah, it in was. this movie, so he could have been gone, and then they could have cut out Riri Williams mm-hmm. and just introduce her in a in a short and in a short or series or whatever, like cut, cut those parts out. The movie would have been like two hours. Yeah. Do a post credit scene with Riri Williams. Like, Oh, I have like Ironheart's coming soon. Something like that. Do that. But uh, like, and that way this movie would have been like two hours, 10 minutes, two hours, 20, maybe at the longest. And like, if they like good 30 minutes, didn't need to be in here. They could like just focus on uh, Wakanda versus Talokan and Shuri taking up the mantle, like that's 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 the story we're here for, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I almost forgot. Go ahead, John. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely agree with Charlie. I did feel the runtime with this. I also felt like you know, Riri should have been in a post-credit scene at the very end of this film. I also felt like you didn't do anything at all to have. Uh, what's the character's name that you were bringing up? The agent name? Ross. Ross or Val. Ross. I didn't feel like Ross was needed, but maybe that one little short time of giving the information over to the Wakandans, and that's it. You didn't need to have him in there anymore after that. You could set up everything else with the ex-wife and everything later on within another movie itself. For instance, you have uh, the villain from the Captain America movie that's going to be coming out soon that they were hiding in Wakanda, you can actually have something going on with that and connect that into that kind of light over there. But you didn't really need to have 
in my opinion, you didn't really need to have him. So therefore you can actually cut him out for about uh, 10, 20 minutes of that film. Cause all you did was arrest him and that was the end of it. And then you break him out. And I was like, okay, the rescue didn't even felt like it was cheap. I felt like I didn't own that uh, rescue mission at all. I didn't feel anything. Okay. Well, they saved the white dude. Congratulations. That's what I felt like. <laughs> so, um, do you guys yeah. think that he was Ryan was um, pressed as well to introduce all these new characters for the upcoming TV series? Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that the main problem. That definitely wasn't a. I, I'm pretty positive that wasn't his decision to include Ironheart. That was just like, all right, you can do whatever you want with the script, but you have to include these characters to tease for these upcoming things, which. Which is, which is why it doesn't really fit. And, you know, that's, you know, movie studios doing what they do best and, like, taking over uh, how movies are made. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's all they were there for. Mm-hmm. All they were there for, in my opinion. I mean, I like the character Riri, and I think that's going to be really cool, how, like, how intelligent she is and all the stuff she's going to be able to create. And I like that it's going to set up Armor Wars and stuff like that. But I, And I think a lot of the jokes she was coming off with, the comedic moments, I thought they were decent at first, but now they're kind of cringeworthy and kind of forced. So I'm like, yeah, just take her parts out. Like, just that. And then make it a more concrete movie. Because it was like, on land, in water. And I'll get into the water aspects to that, because that I have some really big beef on that. But, uh, like, back and forth, back and forth. I'm like, can we just stick with one location? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like, this this movie's like jumping all over the place, and I'm like, like let's let's stick with one area, like one or two areas. We don't need all these subplots. We didn't need that. Like, keep it concrete, and that's where because that's what a lot of the stuff that D- Disney's like or the Marvel movies in the past have been able to do: concrete storyline with some others, like with some other characters introduced, but they've done well. I didn't think they were done well in this one, to be honest. Well- and I think the main problem is they need to start stop focusing on the TV elements mm-hmm. and start focusing back on what made them who they are mm-hmm. and basically make their movies for the big screen and not for the smaller screen anymore and things like that. Stop trying to set up for stuff for a smaller TV screen. If you're going to try and do a smaller thing, bring in Ironheart in a smaller world and a smaller aspect into a TV universe. Don't try and cross her into something like Black Panther, where you actually have the passing of Chadwick Boseman, and you also have a big, huge, iconic character like Namor that you're trying to go after. It makes her character feel so small, and those characters are overshadowing her to the point where she's just basically just there for just for the sake of being there, where I feel like they should have just focused on her character on a smaller screen to where she can shine more. She would actually have been more... She would actually fit better in with Miss Marvel than she would with the Black Panther universe. That's just me and my uh, and my thoughts on it. I think she would fit more in with Miss Marvel because Miss Marvel deals with technology. She deals with she's a kid. She's a mutant. She's she deals in with all that stuff. So I think that she would actually have more credibility, more connection with her in that kind of way. In retrospect, what do you guys think? I agree. Um, if you're going to do it, do it like what James Gunn's doing uh, this Friday on Disney Plus, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Oh. Do it something like that, which is a movie, not a TV show. 
and it's about like maybe 50 minutes, but it's, it's, it may not, everybody's like, Oh, this is a filler and all that's like, Oh, it's not. If you want to know what's going to happen, like uh, the setup for guardians three, you gotta, like, you gotta watch this. And that, and I, so that, that's what James Gunn's doing in his last hurrah. Like, and I think I'm, I'm intrigued on that because we're getting the guardians back and it's setting up their big final movie in May. And, and again, that, that's, I think that's, that's the key thing. That's what you got to do or do something like what they're going to do next year. I think right under either February or March uh, in Secret Invasion, building that up and then having that as a TV show. And then that's going to lead into the other stuff. So like we're going to do it, like introduce characters, do it in the TV show, mm-hmm. not in a big movie, unless you can do it well. If you yeah. get something like the Russo brothers or if, they, if they've incorporated characters and they built it in their story and it made sense, like get something like that, like not just cram them in there for the sake of cramming them in there. Yeah, because they uh, with Kamala, they didn't introduce her in the big screen. They just kind of trusted us to to introduce this new character to us. And I felt like they could have did that with Riri. They could have trusted us. To okay, this new Ironheart is coming soon to Disney Plus, and we would have been like, "Oh, what's that about? That's interesting." And then do a little special on Ironheart, you know, like twenty minute special introducing her, and then just have her there. And or, they trusted us with well, Kamala. I also know too. Yeah. Well, I also know too. I also know too that they're doing a Ironheart animated show, show too. Oh. Hmm. So that's another thing they're doing, I believe. But I think still live action adaptation of Riri would actually be better because you have her as a live action adaptation character already. So why are you going to try and do an animated show based off her instead of introducing her into this kind of way? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense to me. Or what they did with Loki, introduce Kane. Yeah. Introduce Kane at the end of Loki season one. And he's the big baddie going forward, especially with uh, Quantumanium coming out. Like, do it like that. Mm-hmm. Like, small thing, and then re- release him to the world in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the TV shows should only complement the movies and not the other way around. Yes. Like, either, either tease, like, something in the movies from the TV show or, like, like the... And like you, it's okay to have TV the TV show characters be inserted into the movies, but only after we have them introduced. Like, don't mm-hmm. introduce a character that's meant for a TV show in a movie. Uh, like that—that's that that's also been my gripe with the Marvel TV shows lately. I think they need to like all the new characters that they've been introducing, like Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, and now Ironheart. I personally think they should get their own solo movies first. And then all the side characters in the Marvel movies should be the ones getting TV shows. Like they kind of mm-hmm. did that, started doing that with Scarlet Vision, uh, Falcon and Falcon. the Winter Soldier, Loki. They were like those were more side characters that were put in the spotlight through the TV shows. But then, and then you know, and then they introduced new characters in the movie. You got Shang Chi and all that. That was really cool. And I feel like a movie is better for introducing. A newer character, but only if it's their own movie. So I, I feel like Ironheart's debut was kind of wasted here. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they did do mm-hmm. well though with Bucky. They introduced Bucky well, like from the get-go. Falcon, they introduced him super well. Like, I mean, it's just it's certain characters are just like really like 
like bringing out like Falcon and then I am and like that's what he loves about some of the TV shows. They can continue off when the movies look like there was a lot of at, going a lot at stake here with Falcon Winter Soldier because it was the after the events of Endgame. And I think that that's why, like like you said, movies like the TV shows got to complement the movies. And I totally agree on that. Okay. Uh, also, I want to so, uh, go on ahead, Alex. Sorry, I was just I don't mean to sidetrack things real quick, but I don't know if y'all saw on the internet, Marvel Studios cut Namor's bulge in that one scene where what? He was, yeah, apparent. I saw the picture and apparently he's slinging in those shorts. But in the movie, they cut it so you didn't notice. And I'm just like, they did the fans Man. dirty. They would have made at least yeah. 300 more million. Yeah. If they, they, if they left yeah. the whole. <laughs> they could have yeah, made a special cool. edition Manscape yeah. for that. Yeah. You know, they could have made a special edition Namor Manscape for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Charlie, you, the bulge a little bit, could, you know, you sure, said Aquaman should be Namor, too. not if they gave him the bulge. Mm-hmm. And Namor had the bulge. I got, I got, Aquaman. I'm sorry, we're going up against Jason Momoa and not a chance. Face like, the you, sea serpents. You just yeah. had, you just <laughs> had Jason Momoa. Whatever he was on his things too. Like, I mean, Jason Momoa, too, yeah. just, like, no, not, not, a, not a chance. Like, uh, not I, against yeah, that I mean, they both can fight so each other for all I care in water, and I'd be happy. Alchemy with a summer Shamu. Boom. End yeah. of story. They can fight each other. I'm fine with that. In water. Um, yeah, just, just get him just get him in water. Maybe yeah, you know, have the shorts off. Off. Yeah, take it off. Up close. You know, they're they're both strong, <laughs> yeah. so you know they want to wrestle a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's see who's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> who who has the bigger bulge? Yeah, it's like mud wrestling, but with water. <laughs> yeah. I want to see that. And I'd be a referee. It will make that movie would make billions. Four billion dollars. <laughs> Four hundred. Four hundred billion. Huh? So I was about to say, since you mentioned Officer Underwater, I wanted to go into the, the underwater yes, sequence. Go ahead. Yeah. Those were terrible looking. He's like, I had like, enough of the bulge. <laughs> like, I was watching that in the theater and I was like, Am I seeing this correctly? I can't see what is going on at all. The visuals were terrible for that, and at least for my opinion, like it looked blurry. It looked like it was a 3D movie, but it wasn't a 3D movie. Um, the visuals were just incredibly dark, blurry. I couldn't see a thing. It was just terrible pictures, and I really started to lose my attention and my curiosity anytime it was underwater. And it was just like you couldn't pay attention to what's going on because you're just so distracted at how bad the screen looked or the visual effects. And and it was just it was like, I mean, come on, we're in 2022 and you can't find a better way to shoot underwater. Go ask James Wan to shoot underwater because mm-hmm. Aquaman, it looked 10 times better than this. Or better yet, if you want some good underwater sequences, go get James Cameron. Like for his way of water, Avatar, the way of water, that thing looks fantastic looking. Like just get hit his camera, or if you want to shoot better water, I get it. You're they're brief, but it's those brief times underwater. You're like a lot of time spent underwater, and you can barely see what is going on. Like you get distracted, and the sad thing is, the visuals to start to look kind of bad even after the water sequence. It was like when it was good, the visuals look cool. Yeah, it was really cool. But other times when you're watching it, I get distracted. I'm like, is this supposed to look like this? I don't know. I got really <laughs> distracted about. 
how bad the visuals are. And that was just a major gripe I had is like it, the first act was great up to the bridge. Awesome. Then the water happened. And then I got, then I got bored and I got, I lost attention. It just, it just drew me away. So anytime they were on land and it was really crystal clear, it was great. But anytime there was like really, uh, it was like wherever else it was really hard to see. And, and that, that, that was, that was a disappointment because I was expecting more from the visuals. Cause again, we're in, 2022 and Wakanda is supposed to be vivid, bright, great looking. And it just looked like just bad. And, it, and again, it lost my curiosity. Or you could play devil's advocate and say how advanced Wakanda is on land. You know, they had all this time with the vibranium and everything else. And then the Talacons, theirs is more grimy, you know, and I don't know. Like, kind of still advancing themselves. I, 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 I can't really see that because it was bad all around. The whole screen was blurry, like blurry in the background. Like you can't see what is going on. Just not just in the water, but it was on land areas too. You're seeing blurriness, and I'm like, it was the middle of the big final fight scene, and there's blurry, like a blurriness in in the back Mm. of it or whatever. And this is like. Like this was an IMAX theater and I'm seeing blurry images for a visual movie. That's not how you want to do this. This, this is really distracts people and, and it distracted me. And that, a lot of times I'm like, can we get out of this area now? Like the water, <laughs> can we get out of the, the some of the certain lands? Let's, let's like, like, come on, 2022, you can shoot better than this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to be honest, the uh, Namor and Sherry, um, where they wind up talking underneath the water in that little set piece that they had with the Wakandans and stuff like that. It felt a little too small for me for a set piece like that. It should have been a lot more broader and a lot more wider for me because it seemed like it was su- such a closed-in space to where they're talking. But I thought the underwater sequences, for me, they worked in my my aspect of it because that's how I would actually think the underwater sequences would be. Dark, the abyss, things that you don't see. This is only also too why 96% of the water has actually been searched and why the other percentage has not been found because of how wide and how open the actual water itself is. So for me, seeing how dark the water actually is is actually a realistic kind of aspect into what how you would actually go into seeing something underwater. But as far as the kingdom goes, as far as Neymar goes with his kingdom, it looked beautiful coming into it and being introduced into this world of where they go for me worked. It's just one little scene for me where Neymar and Sherry's talking felt a little bit smaller in retrospect where I was expecting maybe a lot more of a more of a presence be- between them. It's like he's going basically they met up like a subway and they're talking because you see Namor, he's over there eating, and, and Sherry's just going over there, just going go ahead and just talk to him. It felt like he was just in a sandwich shop. He goes, oh, by the way, guys, I got to talk to Sherry. She's actually the princess of Wakanda. I'll be right back in a few minutes. By the way, go ahead and film out my cup with Chum Java, and I'll be right back. So this is very important, so go ahead and leave my messages. That's what it felt like to me, like how small of the set piece actually was. I thought it would be a lot more. But that's just me coming off of it. But that's just a little small nitpicky thing. But in other thing, uh, other areas, it worked. That's just that's just how like, I'm viewing it. 
I agree. The first part of it, when you first underwater in that sequence where the, uh, the miners are trying to find the vibranium and Bright Barker's like, that looks cool. That was cool looking. When we got to the actual kingdom, it was, that looked terrible. Like the visuals looked awful for that. Like you couldn't see, and there's people there. You could barely see their faces. I'm like, how are people living in this? If this, you can't see a damn thing in this. Like, like again, I, it really started to piss me off because of how poorly shot this was. And the, the whole underwater sequence was poorly like that part of it, the kingdom and that the conversation was like, that was so like blurry. Like you could like, you could sneeze and you can sneeze snot easily, not the screen. Like, I, I don't know what they decided to do. Whoever decided to shot that, they need to like go watch some other movies where they shot underwater sequences. Like Aquaman in 2018, way better looking than this. Way better. Like that was 2018. Four years, a four year difference. And then even, I mean, I want to say it, the new Avatar movie, that. That was 13 years, and yet 2022, that water visuals underwater, you can see everything. Like, you see, it's vivid. You see everything. This one, you couldn't see anything. Like, if somebody got shot, you couldn't see that <laughs> underwater. Not shot. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, too, they, I, um, everything was such a rush, you know, to get everything done with this movie. And that's why you also, don't know Graham stuff, I guess. Yeah, they were trying to also I, I didn't have too much of an issue with it. Um I know they were trying to depict like how it was with the Mayans, but underwater, you know, and, and in the Mayan culture, I, I guess there's a lot of dirt and clay. I'm showing my ignorance here, but maybe there's like a, a lot of dirt and clay and whatever. Um, and I guess they wanted to emulate that underwater but also if i want to go further from a socioeconomic aspect which has nothing to do with this movie um perhaps the atlanteans are are economically more advanced like they have more money so everything under there is like brighter and then the talacons they don't have enough resources and they're just now getting to work with vibranium and what it can do. And I could kind of see that contrast with the Wakandans. Like they found all these ways to use the vibranium. And that's why everything is so modern and advanced. And the Talacons is not that advanced. It's kind of like they're still in like a third world country type thing. You go ahead, Alex. Uh, I was just gonna say I I really I liked the design of Talokan. I thought I, I loved the Mayan influence, but it, it was way too dark. Like I, I like just just I know I, I think they were trying to be too realistic. Like, mm. well, an underwater kingdom would be really dark because there's no natural light down there except for that weird sun thing that they had down there that they didn't really explain. But um <laughs> I was like, it's fine. You know, you, you, your king is a dude with wings on his ankles that help him fly. Like, it's okay if you just make the ocean brighter. Cause I would have loved to have seen like full on ancient Mayan civilization underwater. Like, that would have looked really cool. And from what I could see in the darkness, it looked cool. I liked how the people's skin changed back colors. 
Like when, when they're in their kingdom, they have regular brown skin, but then when they, they're exposed to the sunlight, I guess they turn blue. I don't know how that works, but I, I, yeah, I thought that I, aspect was cool. But it's just like, just, just turn up the brightness because I, I really want to see what's happening. That part wasn't really explained too well for me. <laughs> the blue skin and then it goes back normal. That was probably a uh, maybe probably not a mistake. Maybe they meant to include that in the story, but uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think of the climax of the fight between Sherry and uh, Namor? What did you guys think of the, about the final blow that happens with them? I thought it was kind of it was I, I thought it was actually okay. But I thought mm-hmm. it could have been better handled on how you weakened him. Because I think it, they caught him way too fast. It's like, oh, Sherry's got him. Yay. Okay. Spaceship picks him up, goes off to goes off to the beach. And then <laughs> and then next thing you know it, they have the confrontation. And then all of a sudden, oh no, spaceship explodes. Then out comes Sherry, out comes Namor, and they start fighting. I definitely like the fighting combat versus what happened in the ship. I thought this, I thought the, uh, when they're squaring off against each other, I thought that was really good. Other than that, I thought, you know, even with whenever they had their own ship and they're taking over, I thought the stuff with the whales was pretty cool. Seeing the oceanography with it and things like that. But as far as the whole entire deal where you actually have Namor in the spaceship with Sherry, it didn't really work that much. It looked like he was hitchhiking a ride just to get his ass kicked. But that's just me. Hacking a ride. <laughs> I I thought I thought it was cool because <laughs> Nam- Namor is is a very strong, very strong character. Like mm-hmm. he 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 messes up a lot of people. He jacked up Venom in the comics, like ripped out his tongue and all that stuff. It was crazy. Ooh. The dude's a beast. Wow. Uh so, like the idea of like finding a way to weaken it, weaken him, make made sense to me. It was just like, yeah, even like a Black Panther like will have a hard time against Namor. You need to knock that dude down a peg. So, I think I thought that was really cool. And then the fight where they're on the beach, I thought that was pretty pretty epic and and gruesome. Like like they were low down trying to kill each other for a while, especially when. Uh, she like ripped off his wings on his ankle. Like I was like, "Ow, I, I don't have wings on my ankles, but I lightweight felt that my, my, my only gripe with that final battle is just like, Oh, well, one, they went out to the middle of the ocean and I'm like, "Mm, why would you do that? Like if I was at war with the underwater kingdom, the last place I would want to fight them is in the middle of the ocean. Like Mm -hmm. at the most, I would fight them on a beach, like at Mm -hmm. the most, Mm -hmm. but not in the middle of the ocean. And also, Mm -hmm. There was only like seven or eight Wakandans left at the end of the battle. And when it was like all over and they were like, ah, Wakanda forever, we won. It was just like, did you though? Like there's only eight of y'all left and there's still hundreds of them. Like Namor could just really just be like, and then kill them all. And then they're all dead. So I was like, that that was like, uh, that didn't seem like a, a win for me. So maybe like a change of location and maybe show some heavy casualties on both sides would have made it more impactful. But the the fight the, the fight between Shuri and Namor, I thought that was cool. I thought there was a lot of emotion into it. You can feel the intensity. I, I liked it when uh 
Namor said Imperious Rex. That got my geeky side all juiced up. And then she lit him on fire. And I'm like, oh, that will do it. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting him with a rocket. Was, that, that will do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that there was a lot of pull punches. Like I wanted it more gruesome. But I think too, um, Letitia, I'm missing out her name. Yeah, sure. her name. I think didn't she dislocate her shoulder? I know she got injured. It was so the I'm, bridge sequence. Yeah. I think it was the bridge sequence where she was she was flying in the air and cra- and hit face first to the cor- uh, on the concrete. That mm. was where she got knocked out. Oh wow! On um, that scene of the bridge where she was flying and then she like yeah. and then the, she crashed and then she was like knocked out for a little while. That's oh. where she got hurt. It was that scene, I believe. And oh. I think she might have hurt her shoulder there. Um. But yeah, I I just thought that it could have been more gruesome. Like with Black Panther, like um, T'Challa and Killmonger, how they were battling each other. I felt all of that. And I was like, oh my God, ooh, this is terrible. I don't know why I was like, this is good, but it could be a smidget more better. Like, if I'm going to have a female Black Panther, I want her to just fight like a dude. And she was kind of fighting like a chick. Be fierce. With claws. And I was like, you need to punch him in the face. And, like, yeah, she ripped his wings out. That was good. But I wanted some more of that gritty street fight. You know, because this, I don't know when I'm going to get another female Black Panther. So you're going to have to bring it some more for me. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead, Charlie. Um, I, I, I come. I, it was our right. The fight was okay. It was gruesome when she got stabbed. The whole theater screamed like, "Oh no!" Like, no blood. Like, but I agree. Like, she if she's gonna be taking on the man of Black Panther, I get it. You're that. You gotta learn how to like throw some better punches. Like, not just rare. Like, not like yeah. not, not not with the claws. You need to like hit him low. Yeah. Hit him high. Mm. Like, like you need to start like that. I'm like. Go for the kill. Don't go like oh. But don't forget, there was no training montage either with her either. No, that's there's no training involved. And that's why you know. So that was us. I I agree. Like there was no training montage, but still, like she they could have shown her something like learning to fight with from her brother. They really wanted to bring that aspect, like have her like memories of her fighting with like like T'Challa or something like that, because like. Yeah, you won this fight, but did you win? I, mm-hmm. I don't think you did. Like, you kind of let him live, and he's going to betray you. Like, and again, I thought, like, again, her, her the reveal of her, she was the Black Panther, I thought it was kind of anticlimactic because we kind of all knew it was going to be her. Yeah. Like, it kind of lost the effect. I was kind of hoping it was somebody else. I mean, I would have loved to see Angela Bassett in that suit. The queen in the back Black Panther suit oh. fighting that would have been cool. Would have been so I just don't awesome. think Shri has it. Like, yeah, yeah, you barely beat Neymar. Keyword is barely. Like, you barely beat him. Like, when you deal with other guys like Kane the Conqueror, there's no way you're going to do whatever you just did against Neymar. Can't do that against Kane or any of these other villains coming up. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. Like, I think she needs to learn, like, again, like, the, when train, maybe get better. But I agree, Alex, like, that the whole like yeah we won it was only eight of them I was like most of them got washed away <laughs> when when Neymar attacked the city like most of them got washed away so of course there's not many Wakandans and I agree 
Yeah, let's like you know what? Here's how we're gonna win. All right, guys. All right, we're gonna fight in the ocean. But they're in the ocean. Doesn't matter. We're fighting in the ocean. Like, let's just do it in the ocean. I'm like, okay. Like, I think that wasn't really a smart move because that's where they're powerful. So I don't think there was really a lot of planning. I get they're trying to keep keep them away from Wakanda, but do you really want to fight them in the ocean? I thought that was kind of a not a good game plan. Um, they're they're lucky it won and it worked out for them. Well, there's many opportunities. They could have fumbled that one away big time, and they will definitely, and then boom, end of movie, Wakanda's lost. Like, I think there could have been a better way to do that, but they did it, and they won, barely. <laughs> uh, also, I guess it shows Shuri's uh, inexperience, too, because when she was fighting him, she was fighting on emotion. Oh, yeah. Know? And she just kind of dug in and was like, oh, we're going to do this. And some people were like, I don't know about that. And she was like, nah, we're going to do it. And they're like, okay, you are the next Black Panther. I guess they have... Because, uh, not Killmonger, um, M'Baku was like, mm, I don't know, this is a good idea. And she was like, nah, we're, we're going to do it. I'm the Black Panther. I say we're going to do it. And he was like, mm, okay. Like, I guess. sit down and shut up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, that, I agree. That's like the inexperience coming out. Like, and that's why, like, that's why it's not like Give it to somebody that's that's actually had the battle experience. Like I get it, she was just she was just in it because she had to protect Wakanda's because it was like next man up. But still, I going forward, I don't think it should be hers, the Black Panther, and then, then that I I could like I it should be maybe uh, no, it won't be one of the uh, the leaders of the tribe, the the the, the warriors. Wouldn't be that uh, maybe maybe the one that has Chadwick's son or T'Challa's son. I could see her. Oh. She, she could be good in the suit or whatever. I don't know. Because mm. yeah, she was trained by um, T'Challa and also in the um, a BET uh, Black Panther animated series, there was training sequences with her just preparing for the role uh-huh. as Black Panther. So like we were saying earlier, they would have cut some of these scenes out. And just had a flashback scene where those two were kind of, well, it was kind of hard to do that because he's dead. Yeah. But um, I don't know, just her training with Denai or one of the generals, like, this is how you fight, blah, 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 you know. But yeah, go ahead, John. Go ahead, Alex. Oh, oh I was just, I, sorry, I, I, I was just, I wasn't really bothered by a training montage for her i'm just like oh i i i just assume she knew how to fight because she's part of the royal family and one of the customs is oh you might hey, if you're if you become the crowned king or queen you might have to fight someone to the death for it mm-hmm. so it's just i just assume they all knew how to fight and then but if she had no training then I would say she's on equal ground with Namor because we ain't seen him train either in the movie. He was just a little kid, and all of a sudden, he can fl- he oh. knows how to fly and burn down an entire settlement mm. of Spaniard uh, colonists and all that. I'm just like, we ain't seen him train, so like neither of them apparently know how to fight by those mm. standards. So I'm just like, I'm just like, well, whatever. But did anyone else get goosebumps when she scratched his back? And just let yeah. claw marks just because I only bring that up because I when I was in the theater, when, when I was in the theater watching it, 
like and that happened she like clawed his back i heard this lady sitting behind me go mm, lucky girl <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that made me laugh. <laughs> and i'm just like dang this movie's been out for only a week people are already thirsting hard for namor mm. i respect it sorry I, I just get addicted to thirst traps in movies, and it's it's just fun to talk yeah. about. I think that's a good selling point. But yeah, I I I I I didn't care about the training thing. That, that's that's a that's a thing in superhero movies that I just like. I don't necessarily need. I'm like the dude has wings on his ankles. There's oh. people have infinity stones. I like I don't care. <laughs> Well, the reason why I asked about the training montage thing is because of the fact where basically Angela Bassett's character winds up telling Sherry that she all she does is t- fool around with her technology. So because all she does is her technology work, it made me think, well, okay then. So therefore she doesn't have the training ability or anything like that because of the fact that she's so enthused into her own technology to the point where she can't fight without her technology. Without her technology, she's defenseless. So that's how. That's why I was bringing up the training montage was because of the fact that she's not been trained by anybody to be able to take down anybody because she relies solely on technology and not anything else but her tech. That's like, how I, I was viewing it as to how messy the fight was. Right. Yeah, but right. she did take and, down some people in the first Black Panther movie uh, in that final battle sequence. There, she did take some people. So I was like. Yeah, she's she, she been in scuffles in a way she maybe the scuffle. suit it, it enhances maybe it like automatically like oh wow you know you can fight with all that enhanced super strength but I was I guess I was thinking about the comic since Ryan Coogler is a big comic nerd then in the comic she was trained by T'Challa but like I said chat with died but it Ideally, it would have been nice if we're setting it up and he was still living um, that we mimic the comics where she's trained by him. And then he's like, oh, one day something will happen to me and you have to take the mantle. But this is just me being idealistic. Mm. Okay. One last thing before we actually close out, too, is this. I thought that. When you have that last moment of silence in the theater for Chadwick, I was crying with Sherry. I mean, I was crying again because of the fact of that quietness and her being sad over her brother's loss, things like that. That part for me worked. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just felt the pain and the agony of losing someone close to you. And, yeah. you know, I just thought that was actually a good way to close it with knowing, hey, look, it's going to be okay you have your brothers, you're now basically an aunt. And now he's going to carry on to Chala's legacy and living through him. So I thought that was a perfect way of, of actually doing things. So they have a good I thought men- the ending was perfect. It's just, you know, the subplots. Yeah, they have a good message about grief, you know, because throughout she was avoiding grief because her mom wanted her to do the ceremony. Um, and she was doubting her faith, right? And that's when she met Killmonger, and he was like, Because you doubted your faith, I'm your subconscious now, you know, stuff like that. 
And then there was a full circle moment, like you were talking about. She finally faces her grief and says, my brother's gone and I'm going to sit and feel. But like you were saying, my nephew is going to take over and he's the next generation. So this is kind of like a completion of the circle. Anybody else can go. I'm I'm not gonna lie that uh, I I loved the scenes where it was completely silent. You know, I think silence speaks louder than words sometimes. And those scenes, it that was definitely the case. I, I felt like I was in Shuri's mind, and like they didn't need to say anything. I was so connected to the characters in those moments during these scenes where it was silent. I thought that was really powerful. It really lets you just sit there. Like this is one of the few Marvel movies that gives you uh, a strong emotion like sadness, grief, and it just lets you sit with it instead of immediately cutting it off with a joke. Like this movie actually just lets you sit with it and lets you like kind of grieve through it. Like you're going, you're with Shuri on this grieving process. Like, cause you don't want to believe it either. You have the entire movie, but when she finally lets go, that that's, or let not let's go, but like, you know, just, just allows herself to feel like that such a beautiful moment. And then when Nakia starts walking up with that little boy, I immediately knew who that little boy was. And I just started crying so hard. It took like 30 minutes for me to calm down after that. Uh, uh, and then when he said his name was Prince T'Challa, I, I, oh man, I was like, they did recast him oh, just in a different way. Uh, I was like, all right, we'll see him in, like three, four years, because kids grow up so quickly. Very fast. <laughs> we're going to have two Black Panthers and oh, like all that. It's, it's just going to be such a good time. I'm excited. I, yeah. I love this movie. I mean, I, I thought that was a cool scene. It was nice that I know um, I know a lot of people kept teasing. Oh, it stayed to the very end of the credits for another scene and there was nothing and everybody in the theater. I'm like, come on. Like people are telling oh. us there's something at the end of the credits and like, <laughs> nope, not that part. Like overall, I thought it was decent. I mean, despite its many flaws I had with it, I liked this better than the first Black Panther because I was not impressed. No, I liked this one. I liked aspects of it. However, for me, this is like a one-time watch. Like I'm only going to watch this once and that's really all I need to see of it. I just... I liked the last two Marvel movies better, to be honest. I had more fun with Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. That one was fun. Yeah, yep. you guys can look at me all you want. Oh, I don't care. I don't like, know why for me, is, it's an honorable mention at best. I had more fun with Multiverse of Madness, and I'm like, it was a really entertaining horror flick. Yeah, you heard me right. I liked the horror movie. I had fun with Doctor Strange. That's why that's my favorite movie out of the MCU right now in this current phase that, and I had a hell of a fun time with Thor and the love and thunder. I had more fun with those two. This one was okay. It was decent. It was seven out of 10, but I'm not going to go buy this one. It's not something I want to watch again. Like when I was doing my binge before Thor or, or uh, if the Thor, I skipped over black Panther or did that because it just, I don't own it. And it just doesn't really, it's it's just there for me, and like again, I like I, I liked aspects of this. I just they're just trying too much. They cram too much, and it, those visuals were just bad. <laughs> but I, just overall, I just had more fun with the last two Marvel movies. That's why they're ranked higher, and that's why they might be in my top ten. This one will be an honorable mention. 
but that's about it. I mean, I don't have it any higher, any lower. Yeah, I, I agree with the honorable mention part. Um, but the Black Panther, I like the first one a little bit better. Um, everything seemed more fleshed out, you know, even though Ryan said that he felt so much pressure to bring him to the big screen, um, it, it felt more fre- um, fleshed out and there was some breathing room there. And this one, you can't really breathe too much. It feels a little bit claustrophobic to me. Um, personally, I had a bad theater experience, so I need to see it again. <laughs> I'll do it. But it it still won't change yep. my mind, but I just need a, a different, a better experience theater wise. So there you have it. Um, so <laughs> first off, I want to tell Alex, congratulations on his 500 subscribers. Yay. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank, you, you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, you're very welcome, man. You earned it. You did a great, you're doing great on your channel. Big congratulations to you. I even told your wife, I say, tell him to go pop bottles, but I'm not, I'm not responsible for anything that happens to him later on. (laughs) (laughs) Pop all the bottles. (laughs) (laughs) But we also have another little announcement too. Alex and I both do. Uh, We're actually going to be, no, we're not going to be getting married. No, it's not, but no, oh, we actually oh, have plot twist. I'm like, two wedding <laughs> rings on both your fingers. Oh my god, my <laughs> wife is watching this. Like, um, excuse me, no, that's the left, the right finger. Then wing <laughs> on that one, and like, this is Alex's finger, and this is he Brandon. went to Jared, yeah, went to Jared for this one, and then he went to Dale's for this. One. <laughs> <laughs> and then came for the other one. Okay, but um, but um, we're actually going to be reviewing. I'm not reviewing. Interviewing Mr. Coleman Domingo from the Fear of the Walking Dead TV series, who was also playing in the recent Candyman movie, and we actually had the honor to be able to review his short film New Moon. Mr. Domingo will be on our channel at eight o'clock Central Time, nine o'clock Eastern Time. On that day, on that night. So go on ahead, tune in for that. Go on ahead, smash that little um, subscribe button too. Also too, smash that little bell in the bun right hand corner. Allow you guys to know when we have something new. But Mr. Coleman Domingo will be on the show doing a Q and A as well with our guests, with our fans and everything. So he's going to be doing that the next day. The audio only episode will actually drop for that episode. So if you missed out, you got to listen to it. The next day so that's something that we're very happy to be able to do and it's for an honor and a privilege to be able to do what we're doing and to know that we're interviewing somebody that is in the caliber of an of a great actor you know? I'm, I'm, <laughs> y'all ready y'all ready for it november 22nd tuesday's coming up yeah y'all ready i was just yes. i was sitting here earlier and ready. i'm like oh yeah our interview's tuesday Oh yep. damn! It's Saturday. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Nah, yeah, <laughs> nerves are coming in, but uh, I think it's going to be a great time. Uh, I've watched a few interviews and I've seen a few of his movies, and uh, he seems like a really awesome guy. I can't wait to interview him. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Me too. It is. It's going to be a fun time. 
I hope that everyone winds up watching this. I hope everyone loves our interview that we are going to do with Mr. Domingo. So that's going to be it as far as this goes. Visit Alex at A-Town Reviews. He does a fantastic job over there. Of course, I did a Johnny Depp reaction video of some of my favorite scenes in the Johnny Depp video. I uh, did that. And also, too, Charlie and I just recently did our top 10, well, my top 10, his top eight, um, <laughs> you know, best uh, best and worst Johnny Depp movies. So <laughs> go ahead and check that out on our channel. And always until next time, guys, it's been real it's been fun. Thank you again to Mika for joining us. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate everyone that was able to make it. Will couldn't make it tonight or anything like that. He had some other stuff that happened at like the last minute. But keep them in your thoughts. And always until next time, guys.